Go do the thing. Okay. Welcome to the Men's Forum. I'm Matt from Up Life. I sound like crap because I made a TikTok video that involved a bunch of yelling and it was for almost nothing. So uh, tonight uh, we're talking about uh, Homestead Return on Investment. We have Christopher, securecoop.com, who's giving a TED Talk, uh, Grant, Homestead of Pain, Scott, Thread in the Future, and Alex, the Farm Engineer. How's it going, guys? Good. Hey, Alex. Great. Been here a while. Yeah, he showed up once, and he was like, that was fun. <laughs> Good to see you guys. Uh, well, yeah, life happened for a little while there, folks. It was, it was right. pretty fun, though. I, I managed to avoid layoffs. I managed to avoid uh, uh, marital discord. Uh, now I'm doing now both things are doing great. Oh yeah, man. I mean, I'm just I'm just in the kitchen getting stuff thrown at me. It's all it's all I do. It's all right. Keep dancing. <laughs> you want to talk about it? Uh, yeah, sure. I, well, I'll give you the no, guys I'm the advice, right? Totally like, kidding. No, no. Let's, yeah. to go there. Okay. All right. That means he doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> maybe maybe after. Um, yeah. There we go. All right, no, that's all good. good. All right, let's. Uh, it's been like I don't know, something like three weeks. I, three I weeks anymore. <laughs> Grant's like three weeks and uh, twelve minutes. <laughs> uh, Christopher, personal event, please. Well, uh, went camping with my boys and had a good time. We, we started to. Uh, uh, there's Jeremy. Hey, man. Uh, we started <laughs> to um, do uh, a uh, have a have a nice shooting trip. You know, like while we're camping, I brought the guns. I just got an AR-15, and, and I'm out there. I got two shots off, and this farmer uh, next door comes running up, shouting and waving his hands. Uh, some of his cows had gotten loose onto the property, and we were shooting in that kind of like in that general direction. Um, we would have seen a cow, but it was also the noise that was spooking him. So he, he uh, had been putting off fixing his fence, and uh, so that was like – that impetus and like he fixed it that day man <laughs> he got it fixed nothing so, about urgency right yeah. and then the other thing is uh, my wife wanted to start a t-shirt store so she has opened up a uh, brand new t-shirt store i set up or set up a website with a shopping cart and all that good stuff so good uh, she does uh, their gardening um t-shirts and mostly puns like um uh, my favorite one is sage against the machine so uh, the website is blossomingthreads.com. Nice. I'll yep. expect some sponsorship money here. In a, in uh, hey. A sage against machine, like sage, like uh, like like burning sage, or like what, just, just what a plant. Of... All right, just just asking. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Nice. Yep. Grant. I've been busy. Um, now officially engaged, and hey. these past two weekends. About dang been... time. We've right. been throwing it's it's been uh, it was what three hundred and fifty one days. Um, a lot of what? Who's who? Who was counting? <laughs> um, so uh, him trying to make doing, up his mind. <laughs> we <laughs> we uh, started the stuff up at the farm the past two weekends. We've got a lot of land cleared, um, a lot of progress done. We've cut down several dozen trees. Uh, this weekend we're going to be chipping them all. Um, yeah, I posted uh, all the videos in both Scott's Telegram and then the big Telegram. Yeah, I muted all those. <laughs> <laughs> is this the new uh, new property that you've been trying to get for so long? <clears throat> it is. It is. I just Got found it. out today. So it's my great grandmother's house um, that they ended up moving into. Um, after her first house burnt down and it was uh born in it was not born it was built in like 1885 um so however that maths out this year it's 178 years old but so you i did it. uh we were officially never, under never, contract never keep going so ink hasn't dried but it should by the end of december well congrats ish nice. um, maybe yeah it's still that maybe congrats, but it's maybe. like We've we accepted basically just accepted the appraisal price. Judge has to approve it. The Atlantum has to approve it, and then we should sign like December thirty wow. first. Excellent. But uh, yeah, I didn't realize that the property was was given to her by her father. So it's essentially 
I would be I will be the fifth generation that has been on the property and nice. farmed it. And that explains that thread because I, I glanced at it for like thirty seconds earlier. I was like fifth generation or whatever, and I clicked yeah. back out. Yeah. <laughs> so I I thought that was cool. I didn't realize that uh, mm -hmm. her father was the one that started everything. Nice. All right, let, let let's move across the top. Uh, my internet's acting stupid. That's all good. It's all good. Go ahead. Uh, hey guys, Alex. Hey guys, this is Alex. Uh, life events, man. It's been crazy. It's been fun. It's been good. I'm getting back into singing lessons again. I do love. What's the use of all this land if I'm not going to make some noise on it? Um, I like singing opera. Keeps it gets the it gets the sheep back in their pens. Uh, yeah. Keeps my neighbors off my property. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, man, the stuff's been pretty good. I've been making tons of drinks. Here's some homemade limoncello. That was really good. Homemade gin and tonic, homemade ginger beer. So I'm having my own Moscow mules. So I'm a I'm a degenerate uh, alcoholic now. Uh, <laughs> Save my marriage. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's easier than you think, man. So I've been having a great time. Um, the key to life is also. just getting drunk. I mean, I'm buying a still later this year, so I'm going to find out. I mean, it might be the key to death. We'll see. Wait, I think you, you need to buy a side-by-side -side for that. I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. So where are you located? <laughs> Tennessee. Tennessee. Free estate in the Union. Not far away. Allegedly. Allegedly. So it is here. The cops don't show up where I am. <laughs> a, they're too, they're too scared of getting because, shot at. Because of the singing? Do it? Oh well, no. Because the, the no, it's because the uh, the meth head neighbor that's two doors down. That's that's why. Sounds like a great neighbor if he keeps cops away. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. You should just buy a little off of him just to like help support him. You know, like small business. Like, I'm gonna start. A, I'm gonna start a crowdfunder for him to get an even bigger Confederate flag. Is what I'm gonna do. Yeah, we'll paint the the metal roof on top of his house. But now it's, yes, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. See if some house space. See it from space. Mm -hmm. Nice. Well, congrats. I don't have anything to cheers you with or whatever I'm congratulating you with, but uh, yeah. All right. Uh, Josiah, this episode's about you, so thanks for being here. It's not really about me, right? <laughs> Just about a random tweet. It's, it's actually about that group. Oh, chat. that was your tweet. Oh. Yeah. That's him. He's the guy. He's, he's that's the that's guy. me. I felt bad, so I'm hey. kind of ignoring. I'm ignoring my real friends, my real life friends. And, yeah, uh, hey, you should be out real. there. You should be hunting. It's uh, it's rifle season. Least, it's dark. Right. It's dark. But at least you've joined us to be able to defend yourself. That's right. No, I've all I've been doing is hunting. Basically, I've had the last week and a half off, so I've just been out. Nice. Hunting. You're spoiled. You know that. I do. <laughs> I'm in a I'm in a race with my boss to see who uh, who can take the most time off this year. So oh. <laughs> who's winning? She's, she's winning by by two days right now. Oh man, so I guess well, time off. Yeah. help help somebody else hunt. I don't know. Get sick. Uh, I'm not very far away from you. <laughs> I told y'all. I I told you. You uh, I'll have to have some kind of some kind of entry and. Let some of my mutuals come out here and see if I can't get them on a deer. That'd be sweet. Yeah. What's an out of out of state license cost? It's cheap here, man. It's Missouri's ridiculous. I wish they would increase prices. It's like <laughs> two ninety or something. Yep. Uh, not bad. Not bad at no, all. No, it's and well, and it's over the counter. Like Iowa, you have to get drawn. Mm -hmm. Kansas, I think it's. I mean, it's a lot more than that for Kansas. Arkansas, yeah. Missouri are cheap though for out of state. I don't know. I'd pay, I'd pay $290 to sit in a tree stand or deer blind with you. There you go. Well, if, you, if you're wandering through Missouri in, uh, in uh, September through January, make it happen. I where I am now, I ain't walking back. <laughs> That's true. Where are you now? Louisiana. Uh, I'm hmm. an hour hey, and you a could, half You could be here. worse. You could be in Louisiana at a worse time for sure. Like summer. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, 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 not, it ain't great now. I mean, what is it? Like 80s? I don't know. I just got here today. Uh. <laughs> and then you're going, they're sending you home early tomorrow? Yeah, they're sending me home early. Uh, there's, ha they're having problems on the rig, but that's, that's not, that's not for this. Okay. We can talk about that later. 
thank you, Josiah, for being here. Jeremy, go ahead. Uh, personal event. Uh, mine's not good. My dad is in the hospital uh, cool. today. ER, ICU. Um, yeah, he uh, he had a stroke in 2012, and he's his health has obviously gone downhill since. And I mean, you don't fully recover from a stroke typically. Right. And uh, last couple of days he's been off, and today they admitted him, but they took him to the ER just as a precautionary, and uh, to get fluids in him just as precaution. And and then I get a text that oh hey they're admitting him to the ICU and they've intubated him. Like that's pretty severe. Doctor says he'll pull through, should pull through. He's critical, but he doesn't see any reason why he should. He wouldn't pull through this, which I don't know, man. Like he's been in this situation twice before, and both times before the doctors are like, "Man, he's bad. I don't know if he's gonna make it." He pulled through like a champ, and then I'm just, I'm just there thinking, man, this would be the one that they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, he'll pull through," and he won't. Mm, like that's what's that's what's in the back of my mind, but. um Anyway, it's been kind of a rough day hearing kind of some of that. But um, other news, uh, we got our property set up for uh, uh, to go hunt. So that'll be fun. This will be the first year that we've hunted that property. So that's fun. Nice. So, yeah. What do you, you, like, just whitetail or whitetail? Yeah, just whitetail. What are you you using to hunt? Josiah, what are you using to hunt? Um, I have a uh, Ruger American rifle in six point five Creedmoor. Oh, that's what I want. Nice. That's Jeremy, nice. Jeremy, what do you got? Uh, crossbow. Hell yeah! Yeah, Walking Dead to. style. Another thing yeah. that I want. I got the. Yes, I'm here playing with the lighted knocks right now. <laughs> oh, man. Those are fun. They're just, Those are they're, cool. just, they're just fun to sit here and play with. I don't know. It's like a fidget toy on my desk. Yeah. It's like ooh, but, um, light, shiny light. Nice. Yeah, that's it. Thanks. Thanks for being here, man. Yeah. Thanks Scott, for having me. Been a while. Yeah. So just past two years on the podcast, had Christopher on this week mm-hmm. and uh, sold over 50 trees with uh, my side hustle, Grow Nut Trees. So it's been, com. Uh, been a good year. GrowNutTrees.com. Yeah. GrowNutTrees.com. <laughs> Destiny found your podcast on uh, Spotify, so she binged all the ones that I was in today. Uh, and said she wants to start growing fruit trees now. All right, um, nut trees. Yeah, we were talking about hunting, and you know, you go out, you get there way, way, way before light. I'm sitting in the tree stand, and then the horde comes through. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like shooting lightning, bang, bang, crash, crash. Yeah. <laughs> Hunting uh, this year hasn't been good to you, though, Scott? Sounds nope. like you haven't gotten anything? I haven't seen any deer since uh, October 7th. Hmm. When's opener? October 8th? Yeah. Uh, no, that was the first <laughs> weekend I went out, but uh, it opened September 15th, but it was too hot. Oh. It's been real hot, and the deer are already all confused during the rut. So it should be peak rut right now, and it's I haven't seen any deer at all. Weird. Too many, Too many bumpkins out in the woods. Bumpkins. <laughs> what do you use to shoot? Uh, I use a crossbow. Nice. Yeah, our rifle season is, is until December. Oh. Missouri, again, is spoiled because we get rut season or rut, rut time. We get rifle. I know. That's crazy so get, good. Yeah. So we, we get a little spoiled. Now, it means it's easier to kill the bucks, so we don't we don't get quite as big as Kansas, but we still got some big deer. Yeah, and out there. three weeks ago, I had a 10-point that I was right there, less than 20 yards. Mm. And I started raising my crossbow, and the other deer he was with went, <laughs> and then he took off. <laughs> no. It was sad. <laughs> sad, Scott. So anyway, yeah, that's what's going on. We're good. Nice. Um, I don't. I don't really have an update. I'm, I've been out of town for work, and it sucks. The end. You sound a little uh, <laughs> sickly. Oh yeah, yeah. So you missed that part. Uh, I did a TikTok. Oh, because I was late. Uh, I did a TikTok about if anyone has ever seen the banana bro guy. Banana bread, bro. At work? No, whatever. Uh, I did yeah. a parody of that 
but for like homesteading. And so I shot that video, but I had to do two takes. And so it was just like a bunch of yelling at the end of the video and uh, threw my voice out. So that's why I sound like crap. Threw your voice out. That's good. Stupid. So dumb. Well, and it didn't even like, I thought it was funny. It how many views it did, did you not, get? It didn't like less than 300. <laughs> <laughs> not worth it at all. The things we people do for like, showbiz. People are like, you sound sick. Are you coming down with something? Like, no, nah, it's stupider than that. <laughs> <laughs> you should just say I was, yes. I was yelling at my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, okay. So, uh, Homestead return on investment. Let me share this tweet from Josiah right here. Topic came up in the group chat the other day, and I just want to be clear. This homesteading thing is a financial drain. If I stayed in the suburbs, I'd probably be living a pretty solid debt-free middle-class lifestyle. And then he goes on to say, <clears throat> we did pretty well with sales this year, but it's going to take a slog that we may choose to not make to grow enough to make the initial investment money back. We've learned a lot, grown a lot. It's been good for us and the kids for sure. No financial sense whatsoever. It takes a special kind of stupid to do something <laughs> like this and stick at it. <laughs> so uh, does idea, do you have more to expand on that or is that like pretty, pretty much, pretty much it? I mean, it's, it's pretty self-explanatory. I think honestly, different people took it different ways i we, we didn't initially start this to make money so this isn't really a surprise um like the business came later when we saw that there was an opportunity to make money um selling goat milk and eggs and some of these other things that we can sell um so it was more like can we turn something that we're already doing into a business more than it was? Oh, let's just dive in because we're going to make a fortune. Sure. Um, so some people were like, Oh, you know, you shouldn't be surprised about that. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not surprised that I'm not making money. Um, but we do take it pretty seriously. Um, you know, I, we, we set up, we, you know, run the numbers to figure out how much we'd have to sell all that stuff. Um, you know, and we actually, we, we were looking pretty good until we started having a production issue. I think basically the parasites ended up hitting everybody. No doubt. And so no, nobody's producing well. Um, you know, so it was, it was one of those where we, we kind of gambled that our growth, our scaling up was going to pay off for us. Um, and it didn't, you know, which is I'm farming. Sometimes things don't go the way you, way you plan. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, it is that that's pretty much, pretty much it. Like it's, you know, I lived I lived eight miles from my job um, when I lived in the city. I could have ridden my bike. I was thinking about getting a bike and riding, and I was a frugal guy then. So I absolutely could have, you know, we lived in a much cheaper house, et cetera, et cetera. It costs a lot, you know, to get into this and to have the equipment and to have the stuff. Um, you know, so I think I, think I could have been happily debt-free at this point maybe not happy but but debt-free so sure happy that's the key word <laughs> well it is it is i mean i i didn't love i didn't love being in the city but there there are some there are some positives there are yeah. times where i wish i was a little bored and <laughs> yeah downtime right? sounds kind of nice doesn't it so so yeah that's uh, that's pretty much it I heard it said once that farmers are the only people in the world who buy it uh, retail and sell it wholesale. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That's painful. In, in part of what you said, Josiah, you said uh, we've learned a lot, grown a lot, and it's been good for us and the kids. So how has it been good for you? And the, I mean, I think that we, it's pretty obvious, but like, can you, can you share something specific that you were thinking of when you wrote that? Um, I mean, for the kids, they get to experience a lot of, um, you know, just growing up around the animals, learning about death, about life, um, you know, where the food comes from, what it takes to produce the food. You know, I, I shot a deer Saturday and the kids were asking, you know, 
like what what are we going to do with it i'm like well we're going to make tacos like this is this deer is tacos you know i shot i mean there's 60 pounds of tacos right here guys um so so that's good for the kids for me i you know i work a, a digital job um even when i was a customs broker i never saw what i moved um so it's a very hands-off experience i imported tires but i never once saw the tires i imported um actually it wasn't until i bought some from the same company which ostensibly i could have imported i suppose um <laughs> but like i never i never saw them and so for me the idea of, of having a hands-on life you know where i get to create and i get to build things sometimes it's horribly horribly hard um you know or overwhelming i have many many projects to do um but it's also fulfilling in a way that me eking you know 10 percent more efficiency out of the people at work by by doing some some additional workflow stuff it, it just doesn't quite scratch that itch right so it's it's right. good for me and my mental health there and uh and i lost weight moving up here and, and working outside oh, cool. so right there there you go you didn't list that yeah that's true. I don't like talking but about that. But that wouldn't have gotten the attention <laughs> of this guy. Yeah. Maybe, we, maybe we'll talk about the Homestead uh, weight loss. <laughs> homestead that's weight loss program. If you only ate what you produced, you would starve very quickly. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the solid point. I had to butcher a bunch of my older hens, and my, my three-year-old, he was like, can I watch? I'm like, yes, you can. And <laughs> so just like he just – just stood there and like watched me like slit their throats and um just started breaking down the birds and he just like he really didn't have like that many questions He's like i'm gonna go play trucks <laughs> he watched he watched like two or three of them and was like i think i get it got bored with it and get play with trucks that's a lot of blood yep it's a lot of blood <laughs> but it's but it's funny though, like you think about it, like you've for for better or worse, you've desensitized your kid to yeah, yeah. death, you know, on the farm anyway. Yeah. And and because I mean death is inevitable in life, right? Yeah. Two things in life that are inevitable, death and taxes. I mean, like you know, so if you I don't know, if you get adjusted and acclimated to that at a young age, it bothers you less when you have a, an animal die on the farm or you see a dead cat on the road or something. I don't know. That's just a, just yep. a, a passing observation. Anyway, next. How we deal with death is at least as important as how we deal with life. Oh yeah. Star Trek. Well, and it, I, I think the, the other important <laughs> thing is that it actually, it makes it a physical reality rather than again, this digital life, you know, some of these kids, yeah you know, killing something on a screen or watching death, you know, you can watch horrible deaths on Twitter, right. Or, or TikTok yeah. or whatever. And this is, you know, here's the reality, you know, I just killed this chicken or I just killed this goat or here's this goat that's struggling. And, you know, I just, I just put it out of its misery versus, you know, just this, this horrible disconnect where you're watching people die on screen. And, you know, you don't really feel that you don't really, especially as a kid, you know, when you, now that I'm a dad, I feel that a lot more than, I did as a teen, that's for sure. So, yeah, one of the rules that I follow on my um, homestead is that you every animal you own, you got to be ready to kill, mm. and that's just common knowledge around here. So, um, I named the ones that I think are going to live, but even like I had a goose named Sugarfoot who got his uh, insides eaten out by I think a cat actually. Mm. Um, he got his head to. Yeah, well, I left the gate open one night. Like I was, we tried a new living arrangement, and one of the things you find out. Um, running a homestead is that anytime you change an arrangement, you're opening up vulnerabilities. Yeah. It's like if you're running a military base and you decide to change the route at which the freaking tapioca gets delivered. It's like, okay, well, someone put a new bomb on that route. So there he goes. <laughs> uh, but it's just part of it, whenever you change something, you know, change is inevitable too, right? Yeah. And with change comes opportunity for malfeasance. And I don't really care. I, I mean, I walk up to a sheep and the revolver and shoot it and then carve it up. And really, it's, it's another chore to me. So you got to have that mental separation um going it's but you have to get desensitized to some of that and that's hard, yeah it was awkward. harder yeah, for the, some people 
Yeah, the feeling I had was awkward, actually, when I was slaughtering my first uh, sheep, because I was like, okay, do I do something first, or do you do something first? He was just looking at me. I was like, all right, well, I'll just I'll just do it. Why don't we start this exchange? Right? <laughs> exactly. Was like, and, I, and I missed, and I was like, where'd the bullet go? And then it started oh, bleeding out of his nose. So then oh, I gave my, uh, no. my my the wife the I gave my, the gun over to my wife because she's done it before. I was like, just just finish this off. We'll call some mulligan. I'll try again next time. Yeah, I get a, I get a gold star for a for So I know I do a lot of uh, goat sales. Um, not butchered. Usually it's a uh, someone driving up with a Jeep or BMW, and they don't let it screaming on the way home. So you know they'll lay down some trash bags, and then you give them the goat. Um, but I had recently um an owl caused me a lot of problems with some chicks first time careful, I, careful what you say on the uh well i did the correct thing i did the nice thing and i let the damn gave thing an freeze grant style <laughs> and it came back and it got like four more the next night and i was like i i man i regret making that decision um because it got in the coop again like it got inside so before i had the door open because, you know, they're just coming in and out, roosting up at night. And uh, the same time, it flew in through just a small hole. And, I'm like, and then he got stuck. So I had, I'm holding an owl in my hand. I'm like, well, I just threw him out, let him go, flew away. And then he sat in a tree and just, like, watched. So I'm like, well, I ended up leaving the their carcasses, you know, on the ground in front of the coop. And it ate them that night. So we didn't try to get back in. But, you know. Stuff like that just happens. That's that's what you have mm. to deal with. Yeah, for me, I look at it. I don't look at it as the yeah, I lost a bird. I lost money. You know, I did. I lost the investment of the cost of those birds, the time, and yeah. the feed on those birds. You know. Yeah, there's a, a way I think about that stuff. Is that loss is inevitable, mm-hmm. unless you are very risk averse. So I I used to have a good old fights with uh, really organic style homesteaders. Because I'm very risk averse, so I will be on a deworming schedule like like crazy. Um, every every two months, every six months, whatever I think, you know, vaccines going in. I had some one person ask me like, you know, why are you putting, why are you doing that, or why are you doing the the jab for the the sheep? I was like, they're not your sheep. Go mind your business. I don't want any dead sheep. <laughs> I had a bunch of miscarriages last year, and I would like to have living lambs. That's how you, you multiply your flock. I don't really, I don't care if I got to go out there and leave a magic wand or you know, whatever. It's like, you got to have your own risk assessment. So I've talked to people about their homesteads and I, and their risk assessment was just all over the place. They would prepare for everything and nothing at the same time. I was like, you got to sit there and calculate what, what risks are you willing to take? So for me, I'm doing this kind of as a learning experience, but also like trying to just grow things up. So I tend to have coops where I'll try something new and then coops where I have like a tried and true way of doing things. They got three different coops. I have one that's doing foraging right now, so I don't feed them uh, actively, and they have a lot of leeway to go out. Um, I kind of don't like those chickens, so I'm a little disappointed that no dogs have tried to eat them. <laughs> or if they tell me barred rocks would be friendly, I do not like them. I uh, I now do Orpingtons. They're great. They just walk right up to you and just pick them up like a dodo bird. But um, yeah, I'm very risk averse to the chickens I like. But yeah, you know, loss is inevitable, and nobody tells you that, and everybody pretends it doesn't exist, or like they try to ignore it. It's like when you're talking to a, a lady of the night; they'll always tell you that they made a ton of money. They'll always tell you that things are going great because if they told you the truth, they would feel ashamed of it. <laughs> <laughs> so you talk to these homesteaders, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm doing great." I was like, "All right." So I lost money whenever I stopped planning for stuff. Anytime I was like, "Oh, I can probably, I'll be fine." Nah, nah, anytime you think to yourself, I'll be fine. It's not gonna be fine. Um, so whenever that I stick to a true. budget though, it's nice and strict. I have a I have separate bank accounts where I keep this is my this is my homestead investment money. This is my fund money, this is my deep savings money. Um, I should have my mortgage paid off um, in four years, in which case I can go work at the slaughterhouse at Purdue down the road and still like keep my lifestyle, in which case I'm I can be hyper risk like prone. I could just go nuts. After that, because I'll just have all the money in the world, still working as an engineer. But now, nobody, I, I don't like the lack of transparency the homestead community has. Everyone's talking about how great stuff is. And no, it, it can, it can, if you let it go, if you, if you get enthusiastic, <laughs> you will, yeah, you will have a money drain. So I was like reading that and I was like having a mix of emotions of like, yeah, you can do, you can, you can plan really well. And I was like, you know what? I've actually been in this situation where I've been like 10 grand in the hole 
I'm like, well, son of a gun. How'd that happen? I was like, oh, yeah. And I'm looking at a greenhouse. And I'm like, oh, that's where that went. Why do I have a greenhouse? <laughs> well, and that's well, the thing, know. though. Like, if for the people that jump in head first, it's like starting a business, really. I mean, it really is starting a business. You know, you, you can't just jump in and sink thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars into it unless you have that kind of disposable income to sink into it. I mean, like, step into it. Start very small. Keep your job. You know, that's to me that makes the most sense. And yeah, is it profitable at some point? Hopefully. But like we like we don't we don't live on a twenty acre homestead. I mean, we live in suburban America. We grow as much of our food as we can in the backyard. Um, and we've got plans to get to bigger, larger plots of land and so on and so forth. But for us, it's a it's step by step. Every year, expand what you're doing just a little bit. Um, and we're doing it for, we're not doing it for financial reasons. So I'm, I'm okay not making money on it. But not everybody has that, that mentality. Yeah, this, this conversation is on the heels of, a, I was listening to an interview with a multi-millionaire and he was describing his relationship to money. And money is to him as a tool to get the lifestyle. And I got, I got, I sort of kicked, kicked back a little bit and thought, man, I, I've got this great life out here. Well, I was talking with my buddy at the office. He's starting to pick up a little bit of growing a little bit of this, growing a little bit of that. I said to him, man, I don't care if times never get worse. It's just a nice way to live. I feel so rich uh, while not having a lot of zeros in the bank account. And I'm okay with that because it just, rich in experience rich in the the little bit of food that we are getting and rich in you know just looking around and just loving the peace out here and thinking about planning ahead and what the directions i'd like to go and it, it's just a beautiful way to live so i i just feel very very wealthy already it's a good way to put it yeah yeah, homesteading is a mix of three different things. It's a home life, business, and a hobby. And if you try to, like all men's hobbies, it gets really expensive really fast, um, if you let it be. Now, if you're running like a business, uh, doing it properly, like I'll tell you that uh, it's about $500 for every eight foot by eight foot chicken coop with a capacity of 36 chickens. Um, I It's about $75 for every eight foot by four foot raised bed which can yield about 50, you know, 50 pounds of potatoes twice a season. Uh, if I have chickens, they eat about one ounce of feed every day uh, with an egg laying rate of 0.7 per day on average, which I think comes out to about $1.40 for, uh, $1. per dozen eggs. So therefore it doesn't make sense to use the feed to make the eggs. But it's like this little, this stuff of like really intense, that's not actually that intense. It's just really pedantic math. It's kind of what it takes because there's a lot of stuff I've talked myself out of uh, and you have to do that. You have to talk yourself out of stuff and you have to you have to put an ROI. You have to put on your big you have, basically have to, uh, if I was to say so derogatorily, be a man and plan because if you're not planning, then you're just being a boy. And some of us are boys. Oh, some of us like to buy cars, you know, and whatever it is we do. Uh, I want to buy a bunch of silencers this year. And that's going to I'm like I already budgeted for that. That's going to take pretty much my entire year. Whisper pickles. Say what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, whisper pickles. <laughs> yeah, the, Nine the, million, wait, million the waiting filters. list is a long, long time. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, it's you can't treat it like a hobby at all, and you, you have to. Uh, you know, Jeremy was saying you got to start slow, and the stuff that actually makes money is kind of, kind of rough. I actually think you make more money selling stuff to other homesteaders. Like for me, we're going to do in hatchling chickens, like day olds. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I was thinking, like instead of, you know, going and buying a pick and shovel to go dig, dig for gold, sell the picks and shovels. Yeah, we we hatched some chicks and then the ones we didn't want, we sold. So, you know, but comparing it to the suburb isn't really the case because I've got 10 acres, a 1980s built house and a barn that is cheaper than my friends, half of a duplex in town. So, and the realtor said, if you guys were on the other side of the county line, your house would cost 100K more. <laughs> so, 
and it's gone yeah. it's gone up a lot but there's did too so you know Sounds COVID. Like you're on the right side yeah i'm on the right line. side yeah. yeah and there's no there's no uh there's no burb building permits over here either so that's good mm-hmm. so but you know covid never went back in the office go out water the garden at lunch yell at the sky and <laughs> and stuff and the de, uh de-stress so it's good it's good go down and uh pick up chestnuts from a tree that somebody abandoned down at the elementary school put them in a bucket of sand and use some and sell the rest so it, it's nice to put a financial value like a monetary value on these things but what about so like for those of us that aren't autistic and play with numbers all day (laughs) (laughs) what about this like is anybody else just doing this for the skills and the know-how and oh yeah just because they like it i didn't say anything about the about the numbers i mean basically no i'm I'm pointing at alex specifically alex the autist no the uh the thing about the numbers is just keeping under control but uh Oh man, this, this okay. This is the most luxury lifestyle I've ever I've ever heard of, right? So I was watching the menu the other night with my uh, with my wife. You guys ever seen that movie, The Menu? It's great. No. It's great. It's basically about a chef uh, that has pretty a world famous chef that's kind of had it, and he's going through a bit of a mental breakdown, and he has an island where he has this really high scale, like twelve hundred dollar a plate restaurant where all these hoity toity people go to. And on this island, you can see that, you know, he's smoking meat in the Nordic fashion. He has goats that are being milked right on site. And I was and I started thinking about this, like most world famous, like world class chefs would kill to have the kind of ingredients that we just have all the time. Um, so this is like the biggest luxury lifestyle there is. It takes a little bit of sweat equity, but I mean, I could I think it took me like an hour to lay hundred like 300 feet of fence by hand. It's like it's not that hard. Put enough fence around. You got sheep or goats. Uh, and then, boom, you've got milk. You know, I think I, I think me and my wife spend less than an hour a day working on this place. Um, so the, the, the math is just there to then, like, allow me to enjoy this place fully. Because it is a luxury lifestyle. And I, I'm not going to say, like, homesteading, if you want to have a homesteading for, like, a frugal lifestyle, I've got a neighbor a few doors down the other direction who lived in a tent when I first moved here. And he was selling firewood. And now he lives in a single wide and he's living rich. He's out there with his kids. I wave at him when I pass by on my motorcycle. Uh, that's thrifty living. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. if you want to like have suburban style living, like you, yeah, I can, I can definitely see why this would seem like a money sink is because we're used to a lot of luxuries. We're used to a lot of stuff. I have espressos every day. I have an espresso machine. I actually bought 60 kilograms of green bean coffee to save money um, and give it to my family. And I roast my own coffee. So now I have fresh roasted coffee every week. It's, nice. it's nuts. Yeah, it's it's the the sky's the limit. This is actually I came out here because I was afraid of supply chain, and now I'm staying out here because it's, the food is so good. <laughs> make it all myself. So sure, uh, well, yeah. for me, it's even mental health. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I sit point. here and I work. I sit here and I work all day. And there was um, a couple weeks ago, I was at my breaking limit, and I work from home. You know, so I go outside and I. I let the dog outside in the backyard, let the chickens out, let them free range around for the afternoon. And, you know, I went out during lunch, mid afternoon, like I'm just at a break point. I'm just thinking I'm ready to be done with this and just like computer work and just live out in the woods, 50 acres away from everyone. I don't care if I have to eat what I grow. I don't care if it's a hard life, but you can just decompress. Like, I don't know, like just the tightness in your chest from the stress of, of life. It's so, yeah. Is it for the financial reasons for some people? No, it's for, it's for mental health. It's for, for the lifestyle. I mean, yeah. cause it is, it is a lifestyle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, I went, it's, I, go ahead. Sorry. Um, it's more, I mean, I know Christopher kind of touch on this a little bit. It's, when you live it, it's you're living in a in a spot where you can pretty much once you build to the point, once the fence is fenced, once the pastures have been reclaimed and the trees have been pushed back to where they need to be, 
you know, all the heavy lifting is kind of done. Then you have to maintain feed, ro rotate your pastures. You have to make sure, you know, everything you can have a closed system, but it's you build that lifestyle. So when the current modern lifestyle that we have is gone, you really won't be phased. You know, can you put a price on that when, you know, our current, you know, society ain't what it is right now and you're you know the only farm left running on your corner of the county that can hopefully sustain himself through permaculture practices yep yeah i had a breakfast burrito the other day at a restaurant and i was like almost couldn't finish it because it was gross by comparison to the eggs i grow at home <laughs> spoiled i'm not I've not eaten eggs off my property in two years, actually. That's a good point. Everyone was complaining about egg prices. I was willfully, uh, as a flex, just ignorant of what egg prices were the last few <laughs> I had years. to buy eggs <laughs> for the first time last year in several yep. years when because uh, my chickens have hit about that two-and-a-half, three-year-old, and they kind of started to. Yeah. But, well, like, I've, I've let them reproduce, and I've, I still keep eggs. But there was one point last year I'm like, we need eggs, you freeloaders. Yeah, I, I, I went. I didn't make a TikTok. I'm, I'm, I was. It was a complete. Of what you say, you can eat them. Yeah, uh, you can eat them. Yeah. So, so I had gone out there oh, to make a TikTok. It's so bony. I, I you gotta them up make, first. <coughs> made a TikTok video of me giving them a pep talk about hey, I need you to you know, pull your weight. <laughs> uh, I need you to pull your weight, lay some eggs while I'm sitting there eating some chicken tenders and. <laughs> it, it was just for a, a funny TikTok video, and I swear to you, within three days, they were laying eggs again. Oh. It, was, it, it was it was purely a timing situation. They got TikTok too. Still, huh? Yeah, yeah. TikTok. Yeah, well, I, I told you, hey, I ran I ran Wi-Fi out to the coop. I mean, yeah. Well, there you go. They're pulling out their phones and looking at it. That's right. We were talking about um, we're sort of justifying the lifestyle. Uh, as being a, a net negative in cost. Uh, and I, I think there's plenty of justification. It's not like we're making up reasons. Yet, I've seen people who can be fully profitable, successful, and get all the lifestyle. Um, like what comes to mind, I saw Jack Spierko the other day talking about his ducks, where he's selling them for eight, ten a pound, or uh, a dozen. Uh, then another duck farmer, instead of selling the eggs uh, as for eating, he sells fertilized eggs, and he sells those for thirty-six dollars a dozen. Or you oh, got? Dang, like, I got pinky. I got to get in that. Yeah, you, you ought to. <laughs> and, and your got, like, eyes just pepper. like big. Those, these, these fat sons of guns are all eating all my food. These eat, <laughs> these guys eat way more than chickens. Yeah, so fertilized eggs. I could shoot you the video. Um, or like you got Mark Shepard, who's got that's, his. That's um, a specialized. But you know, what I always do when you know somebody's selling. Oh, well, I'm selling eggs. Steals them I'm, from the park. Four dollars a dozen. <laughs> hey, uh, when someone's selling eggs, four dollars a dozen. Have they been exposed to a rooster? Because yeah. some people don't eat eggs that have been exposed to a rooster. And okay. I was like, you know, when I'm looking to fill up eight dozen eggs in my incubators, I'll ask that question. Because I'm not going to pay $20 yeah. for the same dozen of eggs you're selling for four. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not. I ain't a chump. You got to market them, man. You got to get a market them as like high T eggs. Okay. These are high testosterone eggs no, ready to go for your built bodybuilding needs. But when I'm trying to fill the incubators, I'll just hop on and see who's selling eggs. And this same person who's selling them for $4, when I tell them I'm going to hatch them, the lady increased the price on me. So oh, well, I'll sell you oh. them for – I'm like, I'm good. I just Dang won't buy any from you. I, it's like you told me the price was $4 a dozen, and then she increased it to like $12 a dozen. Once I told her I was going to take the same you know eggs and incubate She knows what's up. So you gotta like, get yourself yeah, no, a I'm wife good. who's a cutthroat business bee, right there. That's what that's what it helps. You gotta be a nice guy that everybody trusts. You know, firm handshake. Yeah. A, your wife's over there jacking prices up. Yeah. You know, once you find out what you're doing. No, yeah. I just said uh, never mind, and then I ended up asking a friend of mine, and she just gave me enough eggs to fill up my incubators. So mm. you know, I've got a question go. for Josiah. Actually, if that's all right. Yeah. Uh, how many years have you been on your homestead? Six years. 
Oh, six years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was about to say, is it, if it was like your second or third year, I'd say the expenses usually slow down, but do you still see in like a lot of expenses and stuff? Like what, it's, what do you- it's not, it's not crazy in that way necessarily. Um, and it wasn't just homesteading. It was like living out here. There's costs to it. So it's not just like I live driving in the middle of nowhere. So, you know, gas costs, like we're an hour away from people. So, I mean, there's a cost in that. So it's not just the homesteading. Um, your internet's we, like three hundred dollars a month for Starlink and all that, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do, I do have to pay the money for Starlink. Um, you know, so there's costs let there. Um, I have to have four wheel drive. I have a big family. I gotta get out, you know, in the mud. Um, that one know. ton van needs a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, when you got when you got eight people in the family, you know, you gotta drive something big. Thanks. You know, my I had uh, how many cylinders did I have? I mean, I, they all have V10s. Um, so, so, I mean, it's a problem. It's it, some of that, you know, that's, you know, some of that's my choice. Um, there was no infrastructure um, for animals other than a, a really old barn. And um, so we've been putting in fence and we dabble with electric and then we went back to permanent. And so just some learning curves there. Um, we have goats. And so they're a pain um, with, with fencing sometimes. Yeah, they are um, very much Houdini's. So, so anyway, some of that stuff, it's not, it's again, it's scaling up. You know, we went from, we've got, I've got 26 does. Um, and actually, well, I guess, I guess now I've got more like 30, 32, 33 since we had some drop. So like, I've been expanding a lot there. Um, pasture hasn't come along to the point where I can get hay off of it. Nobody wants to come hay my crappy field. Um, so, so, you know, I'm, I'm buying hay and, um, uh, we had a drought this year and that meant hay went crazy. Um, so stuff like that, where it's like, you know, as we scaled up, hoping that the goats were going to pay for themselves entirely, you know, that didn't happen. Um, yeah, it's, so, yeah, it's not a numbers like you're well, running now. They just don't pay for themselves like that. What was that? I, I missed the question. Sorry. Uh, sorry for interrupting. I so I've I've grown up with goats, born with them in our pasture. I've ended up kind of taking over them since Dad got out. But unless you're running numbers like twenty to thirty, you're not going to break even, especially if you're having hard times with weather and hay and pasture. Yeah, I mean that was that was our thing. Like we need, you know, again, I have I have five kids and another one on the way. When, you know, when they're drinking a gallon of milk a day. Um, you know, that eats into the profits real fast. Um, so, you know, so stuff like that where, yeah, you, I've got to scale up these goats, these goat numbers um, to yeah. get to the point where I can get consistent production. Because ultimately it's about, you know, being able to have milk consistently for basically subscribers. I mean, because that's what we had. We had people that were paying, you know, good money. Um, so you do dairy, uh, dairy goats? Yeah. Okay. Do you have a... Uh, milking machine, I'm assuming. No, so that's, how many it's, does? It's really slow. Um, <laughs> I feel like it would take all day to milk um, whatever. Well, so my wife's milk. really, really fast at it. Um, I'm not. I'm not quite as fast as she is, but my wife's pretty fast at it. So you have to be careful with milking machines, is because if you don't have it specifically tuned, um, it changes the taste of the goat's milk, specifically with goat's milk. It's more fragile than uh, cow's milk. Um, for a lady who who does dairy in our area, that's why she doesn't use it. And she may just be giving me her personal um, account from it, but that's what she has told me. Alex, are you doing a drinking game based on what Grant says? Every time we talk about goats, you take a shot. I was going to make some jokes in there, but oh, I decided man. to keep this a clean one. Anytime Grant says goats or totes, everybody takes the joke. Oh, totes, yeah. Oh, goats and totes drinking game. Yeah, the, the scalability problem is real, and you will always get like half of what you think you're going to get. That's kind of how it goes. Well, and especially you... when you get burned on the way. Like, and that was, I mean, it was kind of an mm-hmm. expectation. Like, until you have the numbers to pay for themselves and, and you figure that out. And so we knew that that was a problem. I mean, we knew that, that getting to this point 
maybe it doesn't pay for itself and maybe we're just selling does and getting back to just our needs maybe it does you know but i can subsidize it long enough to figure that out and treat it like a business you know small businesses fail um you know it wouldn't be the first small business that that my wife and i have failed to make work and it ultimately it was you know how do we make this little bit of land pay for itself and does it need to you know if we can um i'd love to give my kids you know uh, uh an income that they could use if they wanted to you know hey you can you can take over milk and goats um and sell the milk and make money um you know and and i'll just keep working my 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 digital job so so yeah it wasn't yeah it wasn't like it was a, a massive surprise to me but i i run into a lot of people that are just shocked um when they try homesteading or they try making money on stuff i always like remind this. them just, that i always remind them that like 80 percent of homesteaders historically died yeah something like that. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's you don't have truth. to I mean, you just you just it was a, it, it was i like it was yeah you don't have to die you just go back to the city which is like a doctor, <laughs> you know, so but uh the like people people think that our ancestors the american ancestors all came out here and it was like yeah we forged it it was great you know man yeah no, it was it was very few made it. Like you go out to the Midwest and there's like five last names in in the entire state. It's like yeah, it's because it's the five families that survived it. You know, these guys couldn't find water. These guys got hit by a drought. These ones got shaking goat sickness or some other thing no one ever heard of. You know, I I had a, I had a ram that died because um, he kept fighting me when I was trying to deworm him. So I finally just gave up and he died a horrible death with just to worms out of nowhere. Yeah, I had him wriggling out of his orifices and everything. It was very unpleasant. So, yeah, it was bad. Mm. That's happened, but that's what they do. You know that you know farm animals, domesticated animals, they're not wild. They don't know how to live anymore. You know they they they're they're maladapted. <laughs> you have to keep an eye on them. They're the dumbest creatures you'll ever meet. All of them are dumb. None of them can live on their own without your constant intervention, which is why God invented fencing. Um, but <laughs> it's it's if you try to scale up real fast, man. I tell you, I I always. I think I said this once on Twitter like a long time ago, is if you ever want to destroy your marriage, get a homestead. Because uh, if you got a bad marriage, it's going to make it way worse. Because you're going to fight, fight, fight. If, you, if you're fighting over money before, you're going to fight over a lot more now. Uh, so that's one of the lessons I learned is that exactly what Jeremy said. I think a lot of homesteaders today learn it the hard way. I wish there was a way to learn it the easier way. Maybe this podcast will help somebody out there. Just, just little bits, little bits. Put together, take whatever money. Like, So my wife... My wife gave me a suggestion, you know, every two two bits of money that you take home, or sorry, every three bits of money you take home, two of it goes in the savings, one of it goes to the farm. So you don't spend any more than one third of the money that you are able to save. Uh, so that means for me, it's a certain amount of money. It goes to the farm budget and I have to sit and wait like a kid at Christmas, you know, waiting for Christmas for when I can buy that new energizer for the electric fence, but no faster than that because that's how I got into credit card trouble. <laughs> Paid it all off. Yeah. It happens to a lot of people. I wish. Uh, oh, yeah. I wish. Well, I'd that was part speaker. of the impetus. I mean, like you said earlier, like if if homesteaders were a little more open about some of the pitfalls, you know, you get the cottage core, you know, Instagram reels where you know it it looks it looks so nice, and Pictures. then the reality is, you know, some of it sucks. Some of it's hard. Like some of like my my homestead is not picturesque. Okay, the previous owner mm. left a bunch of crap everywhere. That crap is still there. I've gotten into a pile now, but it's still here. Um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a pile of crap. It's expensive. Well, it's expensive to get rid of. It's three hundred dollars a dumpster. I mean, I you know. Holy crap! So like, anyway. So ultimately, that was part of what this is about, though, is being open about like it's yeah. hard. You know, fire it's is really free, hard. right? What? You know, fire <laughs> is free, right? Oh, the the previous owner tried that. That's why I have metal literally all over oh. my property. Oh, now, it's, now it's a pile of black shit. So, black, black <laughs> and shit. Well, it's a That's good thing I, that you did I that, Josiah. Because at first, Josiah, it's easy to dunk on that tweet or something like, oh, you should have done this. You should have done that. Then I'm like looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like, I did all those things wrong too. And nobody yeah. really like, yeah. It, and well, everyone and got real panicked. It's like an ancestor, yeah. like a generational, like, you know, and there's a huge gap because like my, I grew up on a little bit of property, but like we didn't raise livestock. So, I mean, the idea, like getting into livestock was new, like, and any generational knowledge that was before the supply chain pandemic, yeah, uh, is now is now so moot. It's so moot. 
oh, you should buy a truck. I don't own a truck. I never bought a truck. A truck to me would have been like a $30,000 money pit. So yeah, I still have like, a Honda Fit yeah. hatchback subcompact and I could put Mini like band. 22 by fours in that son of a gun and, and band strap <laughs> it. And that's how I get there. And I get some funny uh, looks and hollers at, at Lowe's and that's okay. <laughs> I, don't have to, I, don't have, I don't have to pay like 600 a month for a freaking truck. You know, right? I mean, I'm I an take, engineer. It's I okay. took uh, square bales. <laughs> I can make it fit. I'm an engineer. Exactly. Yeah. Just just ram it. And enough force. Liberal application of force. Sometimes leverage. Yeah. I did break a windshield once trying something stupid. So don't ever don't ever try to push the windshield. That's dumb. You put it on the dashboard, didn't you? I did. It was PVC pipe. I thought it could flex a little bit. Turns out it could flex a lot, actually. After the windshield did not. Yeah, that's right. That's okay. That's okay. That's four hundred dollars. <laughs> just That's doing PVC. Well, okay well here's the thing is these guys who do the picturesque um cottage life stuff like there's no legal disclaimer that forces them to also put the credit card bill next to it because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what they should freaking have and all this stuff like they work the they work the people work themselves uh into massive debt to get the gram to get the instagram you Where see with a lot of ladies I mean, lady influencers especially the grid the you know the the ones that are off grid. Oh yeah, yeah. off grid super spending. Yeah, they don't they don't tell you that they can only run the washer once every ten days when they have a surplus of energy, right? <laughs> <laughs> or they're secretly hooked up to the grid. Oh yeah, so yeah, that's, like, yeah, yeah. that's the thing around here is is everybody has solar, but they're all hooked up to the grid, and they're just miners for the electric company. You ask them if they have any batteries, and they go, "What? What? You don't need them. I got solar." Yeah, I got solar. Yeah, exactly. It's completely ridiculous. That's kind of why I stopped producing a lot of homestead content. It's because like I cannot possibly shout above. You need a, a group like this, like a bunch of guys who are allied together to say something that's true, yeah. to get over the over the noise of these uh, out, you know, these uh, off grid people. Like I would, you'd almost get nailed to the cross for. Uh, Nah. questioning any of this stuff you know i can't even get on instagram because there's too many only fans girls who are uh <laughs> i just gotta get on the instagram once no they're like all uh, you know you're like homesteading 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 these homes oh yeah, yeah, yeah. is doing here's, uh she yeah know. here's my here's my uh here's my milk that i made and here's here's also my boobs yeah that stuff <laughs> yeah I, trad wives is just a, yeah no, i mean not, whatever yeah. Subscribe for more. i know yeah it it's <laughs> It's the oldest That's profession. Funny. Apparently, it's slightly older than farming. <laughs> and he takes another shot. <laughs> it's the drinking. <laughs> That's, the, That's the reason why we had to farm. It was like, I can't yeah, even afford to move around. I'm just in the hole with this lady here. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I had yeah, something I to say. I don't remember what it was. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I'm gonna I'm gonna pay for my wife's horses whether we board them in town or whether we live out here. So anyway, <laughs> either way, you yeah. could uh, identify as a Mongolian and just eat it. Oh my goodness! You got a lot of meat. You have to get a second freezer. Third yeah, freezer. Yeah, except that they're dewormed and nasty. So that means you you get to be dewormed. <laughs> <laughs> Ivermectin. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. there you go. Horse you fortified go. meat. Yeah, you got you got your horse meat and your dipping sauce is ivermectin. <laughs> oh <laughs> boy! Oh, oh. oh people talk about like traditional. People talk about traditional, and then I show them well, like what people used to eat, like what were they really used to eat, and uh, well, you're Matt, you're in Louisiana right now, so you could probably go down and find like some. Uh, well, mm -hmm. Scrapple's more of a northern thing. You could probably find chitlins and other stuff like that, which is just the leftovers. And since you've worked on a homestead, you could probably identify a lot of that stuff, which is <laughs> makes yeah. a lot more difficult to eat it. Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah. they deep fry everything down here, so it all tastes the same. <laughs> yeah, that's like uh, I used to work at. Uh, I used to work at a big egg um, meat company, and out at the Western Kansas slaughterhouse. They're like they're like taking the kidneys and all the the awful and setting it aside. And one of the Hispanic guys says, "Hey, we pay a lot of money for that over at the carniceria." So they started selling it, and it's their biggest margin. Holy crap! Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. well, it's all free. 
oxtail wow. and kidney and and tripe. Huh. They sell yeah. more of that and have a bigger margin than they do on any other meat. There's <laughs> a lumber mill. They take two by sixes and make fancier two by sixes with it, like make it tongue and grooved and try to do like this fake like log siding stuff and whatever. Well, they they bail up all their sawdust and sell it. There the you go. Profit yeah. 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 It's waste. It's a waste. Yeah. It's waste. All right, uh, let's wrap up on something. Who's got Who's got something to say? Make it smart. He's just gonna take a shot, just like that, <laughs> smart as it needs to be. Fortifying himself for something. <laughs> Twenty uh, getting the curse uh, to say something good. Twenty eleven rhymes and about a handle one point seven five liters of Everclear uh, in the closet in some jars for three days, and then cut down with uh, a pound of sugar, <laughs> and then you have some limoncello. That's the smartest thing I got. That sounds great. That's a little. Uh, you need stay to, to you the need end to, to find a secret. You need to share that recipe in the uh, in the chat. All right. Nice. All right. I would say uh, if you're going to do the homesteading thing, know what you're doing it for. Know why you're doing it. Have a have a reason or a purpose. Yeah, absolutely. And don't get wrapped around the axle trying to make it whatever delusion you had to start with. That's true. Make it what you like. Go back yep. to that purpose. Mm-hmm. Be optimistic. Yep. Be math. positive. <laughs> positive <Nice>. solutions. <laughs> Some, I don't know what's happening. Grant's <laughs> the farm engineer said, "Be autistic." <laughs> <laughs> when you meet some of these farmers, you got to wonder, right? Like maybe that's how they survived, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably true. I feel like there's a name in there somewhere. Uh, autistic something. We'll, we'll we'll workshop it a little bit. All right. Let's go around. Christopher, go ahead. Yeah, so I'm working on Secure Coop, and that is a uh, coop door opener with phone notifications. I'm, it's currently in beta testing, and uh, get on the mailing list. There's a coupon Uh-oh. below to uh, that you can use for the pre-sale as well. The mailing list has a uh, coupon and a free ebook. It's going to be a, uh, a device that notifies your phone when the coop opens, closes, has issues. And then eventually I'm going to be moving into uh, more of a backyard, anything in the backyard space. So call it secure farm. So we're going to cover all those sorts of things and give you notifications on your phone. Uh, so just get, get on the mailing list for the updates and uh, I should be out. I'm thinking early next year. So Nice. Thank yep. you. Grant. Um, I'm busier with the, uh, bush hogging and cutting trees down the name with toads these days so i'll be posting videos of before, a lot of before and afters of what we're doing to reclaim the farm you posting that on tiktok uh, and instagram yeah, yeah i'm going to i've uh, got you finally gonna start posting again yeah i've got uh about oh, being four, called out five, five uh-huh. videos. i call them out all the time because yeah. he doesn't post of course i don't post that much these days anymore i haven't anyway I'll go through a spurt where it's just like spontaneous, me doing something stupid in the yard. But that's it. That works. Alex, do a uh, thing. Say something. <laughs> I don't know. I'm on a content hiatus for the moment while I just, uh, get ready for the winter, chopping a lot of wood, burning a lot of burning a lot of it to keep warm. There's a TikTok um, for that. I suppose I could. I could make a TikTok account. I suppose the Chinese can't do anything too terribly bad to me once they find out I'm burning wood. But uh, yeah, uh, they know everything about you already. Anyway, I'm pretty much the farm engineer everywhere. Uh, I post very rarely. I am getting ready to start ramping up again, but the whole but don't hold your breath. I'll uh, I'll post something when I post something. Do subscribe and put the notification on. I will not spam you. <laughs> I you know what that means you is that. that the farm engineer is exclusively on the Farm Hop Life Men's Forum. That's the only place you can find him. So if you, you want to see him get drunk and about words of wisdom here's the place <laughs> the subscribe. only place. hit subscribe uh thank you josiah um yeah i i post all sorts of random stuff on twitter whether it's uh, my dog chasing sasquatches or um, sasquatches. or uh you know just just fatherhood and um you know faith that kind of stuff um, and I post all the time because, you know, I have digital life. I, I can sit there and post randomly on Twitter. So there's a bunch of content on there. You can find all sorts of stuff. 
It's almost all good. Almost, almost. all good. Almost. I got some. I got some duds here and there, but everyone has a bad take on something. I just need to find out what Josiah's is. Well, I've got bad takes. I just don't post them on Twitter. <laughs> Damn. All right. Uh, thanks. Where's Jeremy? I'm right here. I deleted you. There you are. No, it's not. I don't blame you. Uh, chickens, gardening stuff. TikTok, Instagram, <laughs> YouTube. I haven't. I don't post that much these days. I've just been too busy. Like this is my busy time of year for work. Gotcha. Yeah, it's. I don't um, know if you're getting burnout on content. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like it's it's burnout in life, maybe. Just because I've got too much going on. With your dad. Um, I'm not even that. Just in general. I mean, just. So, yeah, I mean, this is our busy season at work. And so it's me trying to balance all of this. Once I get through probably November, I'll pick back up some more. Nice. Good. Yeah. I'm out there. Thanks. I'm out there. Scott. I'm Scott Miller, Thriving the Future podcast, thrivingthefuture.com at Thriving the Future on Twitter. So two last two weeks I had Grant on. We were talking about propagating your own plants and then turning it into a side hustle with your extras. This week, Christopher's on. We're talking about uh, what you would do if we had World War II style rationing. So that's nice. uh, Thriving the Future. Gas is the big one. Yeah, and you can uh, you can – Listen on your fave podcast app and also thrivingthefuture.com. Nice. Thanks. Thank and you. And I'm Matt DeRocher from humplife.com, traveling host of family. I do a podcast of interviews, this men's forum, uh, famous farmers, which I uh, need one for next week. I don't know who it's going to be yet. And uh, occasional farm tours. So check us out. And thanks for joining, everybody. And thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you. you. Later. Take care. Uh, hang out if you guys want to.